0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Craftsman Creative Podcast. This is actually a first. Uh, I started doing these Twitter spaces, which is basically an online uh, live call, like a live recording of a podcast, but where people can chime in and give feedback and come on stage and talk as well. And the inaugural episode is with my friend, Justin Moore. He's the founder of Creator Wizard and Brand Deal Wizard newsletter. He's also a course creator and works with uh, mainly YouTubers and Instagram people, like influencers that are trying to grow their sponsorships and their uh, influence that way, their income that way. So this inaugural episode, we talked about how to, to how to create new revenue streams for your business. And it was an amazing conversation. It's about an hour long, and he did such a great job bringing up. You know, how do you get started with sponsors? How do you get started with you know integrations and stuff like that? We talked about courses. We talked about books. We talked about a lot of things. So if you're someone who's listening to this going, man, I wish I could make more money. Well, here's a very practical workshop style um, episode where we literally dive into how do you actually create this? Not just what should you create, but how do you do it? Um, So I hope you enjoy the episode, leave me a comment or, you know, rate the episode online wherever you're listening and let me know what you think. And this is all part of a big launch for the Craftsman Creative book that's coming out on April 12th, 2022. So if you're listening to this before that date, head over to blog.craftsmancreative.co. You can sign up there and there will be links in the show notes to all the different things that we talk about, which is super cool. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. How you pull been, up man? your
1: Good, man. Um, feeling a lot more, a lot less stressed out because the course's uh, cohort is done. Mm-hmm. So that uh, has been a. Um, it was like you know so much stuff leading up to the course launch, and then uh, you know like all the pre-launch emails and getting the the strategy, the launch strategy done, and then you know people enrolling while the launch was still going, and like you know so it's like like. Engaging people who had just joined and like they're you know, yeah. you know they're 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 uh, getting their lay of the land with the with the course platform and the community platform and then still doing launch stuff and um it, I was so behind in the launch stuff that I was like basically kind of like writing the next day's email the night before um, whereas be in, in, <laughs> in, in yeah in, in previous launches I had it all done you know and so it uh, it definitely felt. A like a lot. And so, and then teaching the course for four weeks. And so now being on the other side of that, um, feels good.
0: <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Well, congrats again. That's a massive success. I, I appreciate find, it, man. I, I did, I dove in a little bit, but I need to find the recordings of those so I can actually go through and watch, excuse me, all of the, all the videos. Cause yeah, dude missed them all. I was no, them. no,
1: no worries at all. How, how did the movie turn out?
0: It was amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, so much fun. Probably one of my funnest, most fun days on set was oh, wow. the movie. Uh, we were like splitting prosthetic heads open with a mace.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> it's a thriller horror movie. So it's, mm-hmm. it's some gore in there, which wasn't Dude. what I was like planning on doing with my film career, but my gosh, was it fun? <laughs> I was like, okay. I could get used to this horror thing. Plus horror movies are just fun in general. Mm-hmm. Um all right, let's kick this off. So let's do it. Here we go. What we're talking about today this, these, this is the inaugural Crafts and Creative workshop. And I chose to do them on Twitter Spaces because everybody's on Twitter Spaces now and I felt left out. Um, but it's also such a better, cooler way to do these kind of conversations, to have people live, to be able to take questions, to be able to invite people up on stage, all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to, to do it that way. So, um, by way of introduction, We have Justin Moore with uh, Creator Wizard and Brand Deal Wizard with us, and you're a special guest today. We're going to be talking about how to add new revenue streams to your business. So, Justin, why don't you give us a quick intro... About
1: you and your business? Sure, thanks for having me, Darren. This is uh, this is a blast. So um, yeah, I have been a, a creator along with my wife for about ten years, um, and we have—I uh, yeah, think my wife started our first YouTube channel in 2009. So it's been a very long time that we've been on the internet. Um, we've been doing this full time for about eight years, um, and so this very much is kind of like the family business. Um, and so from from when we first started, like I like admittedly, uh, you know, we did not think. That this could be like a primary income source for us. You could, there was no partner program on YouTube back then. There was really no way that you could make money as a creator, you know, twelve years ago, thirteen years ago now. And so, um, our evolution as, in terms of like thinking through all the different revenue streams that we've added to our business over the years has has really evolved over the years. Like, you know, the 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 best example that I can give, which kind of kicks off this conversation about the importance of a d- diversification, is that you know there was a time where ninety five percent of our income as a family was from youtube adsense and now it's now it's like three three (laughs) percent so so that and that that shift occurred in you know five six years and so like imagine your own business um like having going through such a tremendous uh, evolution of your of your uh, your change in terms of the way in which you're making money and like realizing like, wow, like <laughs> that things change very quickly, especially when you're a creator, especially when you're in this space, you know, whether it's a you know platform that you built an audience uh, on that is now. Uh, you know, on the decline or, you know, the way, it, you know, maybe you were a YouTuber and now your YouTube views are way down or you're, you got demonetized or the amount of monetizable inventory that you have on YouTube. So there's like, there's like any number of variables and factors that, you know, we have had to think about over the years in terms of ensuring that we can continue to do this thing that we're doing. Um, and so like, I, lo- I love talking about this stuff because it, it, you know, personally, this has affected us greatly um, over the last decade. And so I think, um, yeah, i to to dive into this.
0: Yeah, that's such amazing context. So I'm really excited to dive in and all that. Um, As a quick introduction to myself. So I'm Darren and I have a company called Craftsman Creative that I started right at the beginning of the pandemic, which I honestly believe was the best time ever to start a new business. And it started out as online courses for creatives and turned into what now is becoming a really big, important resource for creators who are trying to move from Four figures, five figures to six figure businesses. So maybe they're making a couple hundred bucks a month. Maybe they're making a few thousand dollars a month, but they want to turn it into a full time business. I have compiled and taken 15, 16 years as a professional creator and turned it into content and training and resources for creators so that they can do the same. So that's what these spaces, these conversations are all about. We're really, I want them to be more of a workshop than like, two people just talking at a group of people i want it to be like we'll ask people like brian here and finley here to hop on and tell us about their businesses we can like actually give feedback in real time so um we'll do that in about 20 minutes or so but i want to do a quick conversation about what we're here for which is how do you actually add new revenue streams to your creative business and justin i think you did set us up perfectly you know you talked about how you had to to add new revenue streams to your business because the main revenue stream went away over time over the last decade or or thirteen years. So why don't you kick us off? Talk to us about um, how you think about adding new revenue streams. What does that process look like?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I, I have a very a, a very uh, obvious um, or not obvious, but a very recent example um, of of how this happened to us. So, for example. Um, back in two that what was it november twenty twenty i guess it was now so about a year and a half ago um we were approached by the Amazon team and basically they presented us with the opportunity uh to try their amazon live platform so you know we we've been hearing um you know about how live commerce has been exploding in uh, different parts of the world, like especially China and Japan and so on. Um, And so like, you know, we were watching with great interest because like that feels like something, feels like a format um, that should eventually make its way to the West. Right. And so it's like, you know, it's like QVC, but for influencers, right. Where you're doing live selling um, and there's basically a carousel below the video. And so if people are watching your video, they can click out, add the item to cart and purchase it. And if you, they do purchase it. You get a small commission. And so for us, we were like, "Wow, this seems very interesting." Not only do we already buy everything on Amazon, um, and and have made a lot of content. Like my wife has made so much videos about, oh, you know, top ten favorite products on Amazon, and so on. And so, like, I think that's initially how they kind of scouted us, I guess. um And so, but like we we saw this Im- immediately. Like we've been doing this for like a decade, and we were like, you know, what this? If we invested in this for us. It it felt like a very obvious move for us because, like, as a creator, you, you have you you only have so many time, so many, so many hours in the day, right? So for us, we're like, okay, we're already super busy. Do we really want to invest, you know, another five to ten hours uh, a week or a month or whatever it is, doing this new thing, spending time on this new platform, right? Is it really going to bring us the return that we want? And for us, it was more about like look, like we, we already like for us doing sponsorships and working with brands is such a huge part of our business that like being able to upsell sponsorships on Amazon Live, for example, made immediate sense to us. We're like, hey, if we could grow this audience here in this new format, you know, when a brand approaches us for a sponsorship on some other channel, we could say, hey, this sounds great. Would you also like to add an Amazon live stream into that? (laughs) Right. And so it's like the upsell potential is so obvious. And so for us, it was like, okay, let's get, let's just like dive into this. Let's get really good at it. Let's upgrade our equipment. Let's like, let's become known as like people who are really good at this new format, because it's probably still not at critical mass yet, it still hasn't reached scale in the West here. Like this is still a new format. The, the, you know, the fact that Amazon is reaching out, trying to get more creators on the platform to make content, clearly they're investing, you know, if a a giant behemoth platform like Amazon is investing in this, then, you know, clearly there's something to this. They really do believe in this too. And so for us, we were like, let's just get in on this early. And so even though it wasn't like a sure thing, like, Oh, we're going to make money back from doing this. um, It was like, we see the future potential. So I think that that's really my main first point is that like sometimes there is this kind of, um, suspension of disbelief, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, this, this, this chasm that you have to cross, um, knowing that, that yes, there is a risk in investing time into this new thing. But if you have a thesis, if you have like a North star as a creator of like, no, this is, this is like completely in line with my business and where I want the business to go, then it's easier to make decisions like this. And so I think that that's like a really critical, uh, like skill that you need to have as a creator. If you want to, like derive, you know, a full-time income from
2: this.
0: Amazing. So here's kind of my thought process about why, why talk about this very specific topic today. And I think as I've, you know, I, cause I do coaching and I do group coaching and I do consulting and I work with creators all the time. And the thing that I see most often is that they, a, they have one revenue stream, so if they're a musician, like they have gigs, and if the if the pandemic happens and their gigs go away, they're really screwed, because that's their one revenue stream is now gone. Um, but you also look at YouTubers who are just doing AdSense, or you look at newsletter people who are just doing sponsors, and that's their sole revenue stream. Um, but stepping even further back, you look at freelancers or contractors, which basically creators and artists and stuff are, um, maybe they're charging $50 an hour for their work or a hundred dollars an hour for their work. Well, what if, you know, a client drops, what if a project goes away? What if, what if, what if, right? And none of them are prepared, not enough of them are prepared. And so these extra revenue streams, these new revenue streams actually provide a lot more stability and resilience to their business because one client or one project or one revenue stream doesn't represent, like you were saying earlier, 90 or 95% or 100% of their revenue. That's just as risky as having one of those full-time job things where a boss could just you know, suck at their job or fire you or something happens and then you're out of work. Um, I personally feel that full-time jobs with an employer are super risky propositions, but that's just me. And that's conversation for another day. So as I work with people, I always try to say, Look, what's something else that you could add to your business, whether it's a higher price point or something that's a lower price point that's recurring revenue, like a membership or a subscription or things like that, where you could add another revenue stream. So that's really what we're talking about here. And let's just give some like hard personal examples. What's maybe a either just an an early revenue stream that you added? You talked about that a little bit with Amazon Live. So maybe what's a more recent Revenue stream that you added, and what was the actual thought process from like, why do you need it? How are you going to set it up? What's the process that you went through? Let's get tactical here for the listeners because I think that's what's going to be super valuable. Is not just, yeah, we're all head nodding and going, sure, revenue streams are nice. I want to have the average millionaire has seven revenue streams. We've all seen a hundred tweets of that in the last six years or whatever on Twitter, so. What's the actual step? What's the process look like?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I have a very relevant, uh, like recent example of this is that, you know, like I mentioned, we've been creators for many, many years, but we have pretty much only ever monetized our influence indirectly, meaning through sponsorships or through YouTube AdSense or through affiliate marketing or whatever. We've never actually directly had to like ask our followers, like, hey, pay me for something. Right. And I think that that's a very, uh, it, it's a non, it's, it's like an important point because a lot of creators are get very uncomfortable with that point. It's like, I don't, I don't actually want to like ask people to pay me. I just want to like, you know, get sponsorships and do all this stuff indirectly. And so, um, about 12 months ago, I launched my first digital course. Um, I never, we've never really done courses prior to that, never really sold anything directly. Um, you know, to, to our followers, I, I definitely started, uh, creating a lot more content. So, so to back up, like, I was quite strategic about it. I was like, okay, like eventually I, I do know I have an expertise in this area of sponsorships and brand partnerships and all this stuff, because I've run an influencer agency for many years as well, as, as well as doing other you know deals uh, for my wife and I personally. Um, and so I was like, let me just pump out a bunch of content initially, right? Like establish myself as a subject matter expert in this space, uh, or at least several steps ahead of other people out there. Right. Um, and then at, at that point, basically advertise that you can hire me. I think that that's like a very important point that most people don't think about, which which is that people cannot pay you unless you advertise that they can pay you. Right. And so it, it was something as simple as like, before I even launched the course on my Instagram, I just like put up a thing like, Oh, two more, coaching slots available this month, right? And and got DMs. Like people were like, oh, tell me more about this. Like what what is this thing that you're doing? And so I intentionally started small. I didn't, you know, sit down and record 50 hours of course material. I just am like, let me I, I think I have this framework that I've developed around how to develop a consistent uh, income from sponsorships. Um and so let me t- let me actually do some one-on-one coaching first to test out this framework to ensure that it's scalable. Cuz I think that that, you know, again, like we're starting small here. Like I didn't have to like go find a course platform. I didn't need to like go, you know, figure out Stripe and all this stuff. No, it's just like PayPal me and I'll work with you for 6 weeks and I'll help you experience this transformation. And so it was very simple in the beginning. Um, and and I think that uh, I actually just like had a call with a uh, another creator, helping them kind of figure out what their coaching package should be. Because I think that a lot of us have expertise. We have, a you know, you're always, again, you're always like a, a couple steps ahead of someone, you know, some people in your audience. And so um, I basically helped him think like, you, you can't just say, hey, I'll coach you. No, you have to be like. Here is my six week coaching program. I'm going to help you go from point A to point B. You want to do this thing? I'm going to help you do that. By the end of this, you're going to have re- achieve some sort of outcome. And so, I think that's like a really critical distinction where it's like it's you, you're productizing your knowledge. It's not just like oh, I'll work with you, and it's this amorphous goal, right? And so, I think I think that is like a really easy way to add new revenue streams is just like. You don't need, you just have to come out with something. And if the, if the person that you're trying to sell this to is, it's like, well, I don't know if that's really what I need, then you always have the ability to just be like, okay, well, here's a little bit of a modified package of how we could work together, knowing that that's your pain points, your challenges. What do you think of that? And you, you just kind of have to give them something or else you're just kind of, you know, you're going to flounder.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. Gosh, what a, a great little summary of how to actually do that uh, in, a, in a year's time. Um, what I... Think is really cool is that you can apply that to a bunch of different products, right? You could coaching as a product or a service product, um, but you could also create a newsletter and make it uh, exclusive to those that are paying for access to that newsletter, and you send out information once a week. That's akin to group coaching. Maybe it's not live; it's more asynchronous, and it's one to many instead of one on one or uh, direct or interactive. But it's still a way to do that. You could do a newsletter. You could do a membership site. You could do any number of things where you're paying for your people are paying you for your expertise. And what I love about that is you said instead of just one-on-one coaching calls, you pay me by the hour. You're lining people up for a six-week um, agreement so that you know that you've got six me- six uh, weeks of revenue coming in. And you know, I do the same thing with my coaching. I'll do a singular like one-off calls. Uh, every once in a while those come in maybe once or twice a month but most of the time I'll do a strategy call with people and then set them up with a three-month coaching agreement because I know how long it takes to get the outcome that they want and it's not quick it's not a one session and you're done and now your life is better situation it's like you need mindset and you need to change your habits and there's all these things that go into being a professional creator and it takes time but what's great about it from my side from the revenue side is that I'm I line somebody up and I know I've got a thousand bucks coming in the next three months. And if I do that twice, now I have 2000 coming in the next three months. Right. So um, I think it's important to think about what the product actually is. How do you like sell your expertise, but how do you extend that out to where it actually is a benefit to your business provides um, some more stability and some more resilience uh, rather than just being one-offs where you have to be chasing new people every day.
1: Well, And you know, one other critical distinction here, I think, and and I I posted a a, a thread um, in the Twitter spaces nest, I believe it's called. So if you see right above our heads, um, there is a a tweet thread that I, where I talked about uh, the fact that I had just crossed 3000 creators uh, in my, uh, on my newsletter. uh, And kind of some of the, the, the major insight was that I started this almost two years ago, but Two thirds of the subscribers came in the last six months. And so I, I, there were some very specific changes that I've made over the last, over, over those six months. And I think it's, it's a worthwhile thread to go check it out. And, and the reason I, I bring that up is because I looked at my newsletter as kind of my home base because it's like in the beginning, I didn't really have anything to sell. And so I think a lot of creators think, like, oh, I, well, if I have a newsletter, like, what's the point? Like, I, why should I do all this work? Like, if I don't have anything to like directly sell to people, it's just like more stuff for me to do. And so, like, no, like, I, Started it knowing that at some point down the line, I would, I was going to monetize this somehow with courses or coaching or, or products, SAS, you know, dash, whatever. Right. Um, and, and so I really invested. I was like, no, like, let me actually. Uh, you know, take the time to nurture these relationships, right? Because at some point, these people may turn into customers. This is, that's not my frame of of mind right now, but by just delivering value over and over and over and over, it's the whole Gary Vee jab, 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 you know, right hook type idea. It's like, you know, really when you, when you, Uh, when people start to see you as someone who they can turn to for guidance and expertise and, you know, it doesn't have to be about coaching. It can be, maybe you have some expertise in video editing or in software development or whatever it is, whatever your thing is, um, you just become a trusted resource. Maybe it's something as simple as you're curating, you know, the, the most important news in your industry for, for the, you know, every week, or maybe you're, you know, dispelling, you know, copywriting advice or, or whatever it is, right. Um, you know ensuring that you have direct access to those people and you're not beholden on some social media algorithm to serve your content um, it's so critical to concentrate on assets like that um, in your own business such as a newsletter i always go back to the newsletter because if you get them on your newsletter, you can promote anything you want forever until they unsubscribe, right? And so, um, yes, obviously you have to have some sort of audience first initially to try to start generating people on your newsletter. So it's kind of a chicken and the egg problem sometimes. But like, I very much approach this as like, no, I'm gonna, like, this is going to be, I, I predict that this is going to be the most important asset in my business in two years, in five years or whatever. And so let me invest in uh like really trying to, Uh, grow this now because at some point it's going to pay off. And so like, I, you know, stretching your perspective on like, everyone wants to like add new revenue streams like overnight, but I'm really here to say that like, sometimes these things take time, whether it's newsletters, whether it's affiliate marketing, whether it's, you know, growing on a social platform or coaching or consulting or whatever it is, um, these things take time. Like when I launched my very first beta cohort of my course, I had three creators in it. I'm charging a, th- a thousand bucks, uh, you know, for the, for the, at that point it was 1,500 bucks, but I lowered it to, to a thousand to make it more price accessible. Um, and my most recent cohort had 42 creators in it. So it was like, like you, that was in 12 months, right? So it's like, in, in if I, if I would have just given up after that beta cohort and been like, Oh, well that sucks. Like I put all this work into it and only three people joined like, wow, I'm like, screw this. I guess this didn't work out, but it's like, no, I iterated, I improved it. I got those initial early testimonials, right? I, I made the sales page page better. I, so it's like all this stuff, you just go back and back and back and continue to hone the process. The same logic applies for any product that you've created, whether it's courses or consulting or digital products or, or a book or whatever it is, um, like you really have to approach this from, from a standpoint of like having a longer term mindset or else you're going to be sorely disappointed.
0: Amazing. So I want to piggyback on that, but also give a counter example, maybe. So one thing that often bugs me about hopping on the spaces and stuff is sometimes you'll have people that have 20, 40, 80, a hundred thousand followers talking about, here's how to make money. And you're like, yeah, it's pretty easy if you got a hundred thousand followers, um, and right. I, I always do that to myself. It's a limiting mindset. It's a limiting belief that I have, but I, I see myself do it all the time. So I want to give a personal example that I've just gone through in the last six months. And I mean, you can look at who I am on Twitter. I have like 1400 something followers. Like I'm not a big account. I don't have a massive following. I don't have a huge email list. The email list thankfully is larger than my Twitter following, but it's still like 1500 creators on there. There's, it's not 10,000 or 50,000 or anything like that. But Here's the cool thing. Despite having a small audience, I still have 15, 16 years as a professional creator. And in the fall, so end of August, I decided I wanted to write a book. And I knew that it was going to be an asset, whether it made me money or not, I knew it was going to be something valuable. So what I decided to do was write the book in public. And what that means is that I was publishing the chapters as I was writing them, first drafts. I wasn't going in and editing them. I didn't send them to an editor. I didn't have them refined. I didn't even go back if there were spelling errors. I just left them up um, because I wanted people to see the process of writing a book. But here's what's crazy. The book launches next month. And already, like I haven't sold a single copy of the book. But here's what's interesting. And again, my following is like 1,500 people max. In the time that I was writing the book, and since then, as I've been kind of talking about it in my newsletter and sharing it with people and inviting people to check it out, I have landed a consulting client that represents $5,000 a month of revenue. I've landed a coaching client for a year-long contract, which represents $10,000 in revenue, and I've done early access sales for the course uh, or sorry the book and there's a, a companionship course and a community that i'm launching along with it and i already have 10 people signed up for that so we're talking over fifty thousand dollars in less than six months of real revenue that's coming into my business just from writing you know what i consider assets every chapter was a new asset that that expanded the world of crafts and creative expanded the amount of content that was out there, the resources that I was putting out in the world. And we haven't even triggered like SEO to the website. I think the website gets less than 500 visitors a week. So it's not like I have some massive functioning machine that's delivering people. It's all manual. It's all just doing it, but you can add a new revenue stream even if you're a smaller creator like myself. I hope one day to have 10,000 plus followers and I'm working towards that. But I think some people will immediately look at opportunities like this and go, well, I don't have what they have. I don't have the resources they have. So it's not for me. It's not gonna work. And I call BS. It's just not true. Um, And like you started out with, every one of us has experience and um, knowledge that we can give to people, even that are just one or two steps behind us let alone a year behind or two years behind or just starting out on their journey. So whatever it is that you do, um, there are assets that you can create that can turn into new revenue streams. And like you were saying, it may not be the very first one that generates 10, 20, $40,000, but you and I are both sitting here going, yeah, the first one I ever did was three people. The first one I ever did was five people. All of us start a newsletter at zero subscribers, but In three months or six months or a year or two years, that can turn into an actual business. It was the same thing with Craftsman Creative when I started doing the courses. You know, my first two courses that I created sold about $1,000. But then I did a partnership course. I created a course for another creator who had a much bigger following than I did. And she did 10 grand in her first week of sales. So it's looking at, okay, what are the actual assets that I'm creating? Who are they going to benefit? How can I get them in front of those people so that they can see that there's an asset that will benefit them? And how do I get people in the door? Those are all the things that I kind of think about as I'm thinking, how do I add a new revenue stream to my business? So the important things from what I just said, because I was a little rambly, is you can do it starting from scratch, starting from zero. If you have 100 or 500 or 1,000 followers, you can still create assets that can generate new revenue for your business. And the longer you do it for, the more it will grow. But second, um, realizing that everything you create can become an asset and thinking of it in those terms, instead of just, well, I'm creating content because that's what everybody tells me I need to do. Well, no, how do you make it something valuable? So take this workshop, take this Twitter space. I'm going to take this, I'm going to record it. I'm going to download it, edit it, put it into my podcast, send it out on my newsletter. And now it's an asset that I'm sharing with many more people that are able to be here at one o'clock mountain time (laughs) on uh, a Tuesday, right? And so thinking in terms of assets is huge. So we've reached kind of the midpoint and this is where I really wanted to um, allow people to come on. I wanna invite people to come on and talk about what are some of the struggles you've had creating new revenue streams for your business? What are some questions you have? Tell us about your business, whatever it is you might wanna be uh, raise your hand or I'm not actually sure <laughs> how it works on Twitter spaces, but I think you can actually like raise your hand if you've got something you want to share or if you'd like uh, Justin and I's eyeballs on your business for a second, we can give you some feedback or some ideas. This is really, I want it to be more of a workshop than just a uh, presentation. So um, see, we got Luke here. What's up, Luke? I really like you, the idea of changing your middle name to uh, Frank or whatever you said. So your initials are LFG. That would be amazing. Um, Luke's a good buddy who loves uh, hamburgers here in Utah. Uh, Finley and our other friend here, NBS. I don't think I've met either of you. I don't know if you're a fan of Justin's or if you just joined us here, but would love to hear from you. Who wants to come on stage and tell us about your business? And <laughs> we're scaring people off instead.
1: <laughs> the... Um... Um, what yeah. what I had, a, I had a um a comment about your your book uh you know experiment or not experiment but like your you know this this process of kind of writing the book in public I I did want to also uh, call out how critical that is to the product creation process because um I have always had a tendency to craft like try to craft like these perfect things in a vacuum, right. Where I don't mm. tell anyone about them. I just, I want them to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist by nature. And so it, it's, it's always very uh, intimidating when you're like finally release your thing and you're like, ta-da, right. And then, you know, you get judged. Right. And so, um, I have a- actively had to fight that tendency because, um, it, it is such a much more powerful experience to bring your followers slash prospective customers, along for the ride because they're just so much more invested, right? It's like, imagine, you know, uh, your favorite creator out there. They they just one day release a video and like, ta-da, I have a new... Candle line, or I have a new blah blah blah, and you're just like, oh okay, congratulations, right? Versus, you know, you've been following them for the last three months, and every single day they're posting from the candle factory, or you know, they're put, they're you know, they're showing the 3D renderings, and they're showing the packaging design, and they're showing they put up an IG story poll saying, what color do you think the packaging should be? You know, yada yada yada, on and on and on, you know, and then you get these you know uh, tweets of like, oh the the final palettes, or you know, you're packaging them up, all this stuff, and then. Ta-da, here's the announcement video. I've released a candle product, right? So it's like, in in what scenario do you feel more uh, connected to that creator? Do you feel more like you want to financially support them because you felt like you were part of the process? Hey, you, 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 you know, uh, filled out an answer on that survey or that poll. Like, so, so, you know, they, they took your feedback, right? So it's like, I want to, I was part of this. Right. And so it's like, I think it's this, it's this tendency that we all have, like, want things to be perfect and not want to be judged and all this stuff. But I am like a walking example of the fact of like, like, for example, I have this new mission that I've, I've made for myself that I want to help creators, big and small land, a million sponsorships over the next 10 years. Right. And it's like, I have been, you know, kind of working on this idea and this project and kind of a leaderboard and all this stuff in, in the background, uh, I had hired a developer on the internet and all this stuff. And I was like, finally, I was like, we we were getting into the phase where it's like, we were needed to do kind of like feedback on the UI and like all this stuff. And I was just like, I don't know. Like, let me go ask my followers. And so I literally made a loom video, uh, like a five minute loom video showing them the template. And it was like, the copy was terrible. It was like literally caught co- like template copy, you know, like lorem ipsum, you know, the, the, the leaderboard was crappy. A bunch of pages, like we 404ing, you know? And, and I was like, I don't care. Like, I was like, here it is. Like, what do you think? Like, this is what I'm working on. How would you want this to be visualized? What's important to you? And I literally just sent that, in one of my newsletter email updates and I got these amazing replies of like how people thought that they, you know, would want that to be visualized. And, and so it's like, you know, the goal is is that I want to get some beta testers to like be part of this. And like, so, so the whole idea is is that this leaderboard will, um, track, you know, all the sponsorships that you're doing. And so it's like, uh, you know, I want this community, this, this, uh, feeling of this abundance mindset where you know we're all cheering each other on and every time if someone else gets a sponsorship like that's a good thing for you it's not a bad thing for you right maybe it's you next week right and so it's just like building this community where it's it's not about scarcity it's about there's enough there's enough pie for everyone and so it's like building this leaderboard where you can you know join join the challenge and like every time you get a sponsorship to you you know you update your profile and it's like there's streaks and gamification and all this stuff. And so it's like i have this all these ideas of like how cool it could be, but at the same time, it's like, well, I want this to be practical for people. And so um, I want to build out this very lean MVP, you know, where people can just like, you know, sign up some beta testers basically. Um, and releasing that loom video, letting people in on, on the secret or whatever, um, early. Um, those people are going to feel very invested and then want to tell all their friends. Right. And so I, I'm I just, I, I can't stress enough how critical that process of like building the book and writing the book in public was for you. And, and, and all these amazing uh, opportunities that came to you because you chose to do that process versus, you know, kind of a, you know, tree falls in the forest and no one's around. Like, does it, does it really even have an impact? So I just wanted to make that point because I think that's a trap that a lot of creators get into.
0: Amazing. Um, I invited both of our listeners here up on stage. I'm not sure if it worked because it's the first time I've ever done that but hopefully um, you've been invited. Let's see. Maybe it's this way. Speakers. No, nope. Invites are pending. So Luke, I know a little bit about your business. I'd love to hear um, what you're thinking through as you're listening to this conversation. And then our other friend here, NBS um, SD. Yeah, that's totally fine. If you guys want to hop on, uh, just let us know. But here's um, as you were chatting, I th- I had a few questions that I wanted to dive a little deeper on Justin. So maybe you could talk to us about one or two of these things. So one is how much of your personal success do you attribute to being early to something like YouTube? Cause you said you started in 2009.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How much, how much of it is like, well, it's too late to start a newsletter. It's too late to do the cohort based course thing. Cause everyone's doing it. It's too late to start a YouTube channel. Um, is that, you know bs or like what are your thoughts around that
1: i mean i think i mean it's it's a valid point like obviously we were very early on youtube and so it's like you know i don't think we consider ourselves like tremendously talented or good looking or you know have some sort of freakish skill or something of like why people watch us or something. We don't do pranks, you know, we don't do like, we're just kind of a normal family. Right. Um, And so like, I'm sure there's some element of that, that we definitely, you know, started early. However, as I just mentioned, you know, I I had never sold anything directly to my followers or this new, I like I, this new audience that I, I, no one knew me. Let me, let me put it this way. No one knew me as an expert in sponsorships. Yeah. I had done hundreds of sponsorships, but I never talked about it on the internet. Yeah, i done. I've got. I've gotten hundreds of other sponsorships for other creators, but I never talked about it on the internet. I was always a very private person, and so it, it took making a conscious shift of like, no, oh, I'm going to start talking about this. I'm going to start talking about this expertise that I have, um, and so I slowly but surely grew. My following around this topic, I started a brand new Instagram. I completely rebranded my old like an old YouTube channel that I have and started making content around that. Um, you know, I, I started being a lot more active on Twitter talking about this stuff. And I made a conscious decision like I want to be known as the the sponsorship guy on social media, like, and so so one of the the ways in which I did that was I hired a content strategist in October 2020. This was about a year and a half ago. at uh, someone I met on Twitter, Alex, a good friend, um, and he had never done this either. But I I loved the way in which he um, you know, this type of stuff he talked about. And I was like, Hey, can I hire you to like ghostwrite tweets for me? Basically was the pitch. And he was like, uh, sure. And so basically the way it works is he, and I still to this day, I've I've hired him every single month for a year and a half. And, um, he will deliver to me a, uh, giant spreadsheet of, uh, tweets. Uh, like, like basically they're kind of like pithy philosophical stuff about being creator, doing sponsorships and stuff like that. And then I will go in there and edit them. I'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, let's, change it a little bit here. Some of them will, they'll, they'll keep as text only tweets. Some of them will be, you know, uh like visuals, you know, we'll try to bring it to life with like a visual representation. And then we repurpose it. We repurpose it on Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, my private Facebook group, all this stuff. And so it was like, I had a, a strategy. I was like, I am going to just go full court press with content, with the purpose of building up my subject matter expertise. Again, I've been on the internet for 12 years. I'd never talked about this stuff. So I went from no one knowing me for this to anytime someone like constantly. Now, anytime someone's asking a question about brand deals or sponsorships, I get like five people, six people, t- you know, 10 people will tag me and be like, go talk to Justin, go talk to Justin. So this is like, 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 if you really do, um, like, create, like, like be very intentional about what the end goal is. Like these things will happen. Like I'm living proof of it. Like it just, it takes a maniacal focus on what you want. And I, you know, I'm, I maybe disagree with other, like, there are some people who say like, Oh, like, you know, you don't want to be like, just like a one trick pony. Like all you talk about is like one thing on the internet. Like you have to show your personality, all this stuff. And like, like I disagree with that. I think that there are so many people talking about lots of things that to be known for one thing. It's great. Like, like, it's, it's a very good thing. And, and so I don't, I just kind of disagree. Like I, in my newsletter and stuff like that, I, you know, I give, uh, you know, a, more of a behind the scenes look into like my life and, you know, my, my relationship and my family and all, you know, struggles and stories and stuff like that. But like on the internet, <laughs> no, it's like, it, like you there's, there's not enough nuance <laughs> on Twitter and on Instagram, and all this stuff. So it's like, I keep it, I keep it very focused on sponsorships. And like, that is what I want to be known for. And like, yeah, you can get to know me in other areas, other fast, of my business, but like on the internet, I'm about this one subject. And so it's like, my advice really is to like, if you really do, you're, if you really do want to, if you have an expertise, uh, even if you've never been on the internet, even if you don't have a social following, if you want to be known for that one thing, you want to be known as the, you know, the tractor repair guy, you know, or you want to be known as the, you know, some cuisine expert for recipes or whatever, like, just talk about that thing all day long, every single day for a year. And I guarantee you, you will become known for that. Like, like, like I will be willing to put money on the line that that will be the case.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what my following and everything looks like in August, September, because that will be a year of like conscious effort. So Luke, what you got, man, I definitely am curious on um, some of your thoughts and kind of, as you've been listening to this, because. You're in a little bit different industry, but there's certainly ways that you could be adding new revenue streams to the work that you do. So, what you got for us here, buddy?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll chime in real quick, but I've I've got to go uh, pick up my son from school. But I kind of take the exact opposite approach to Justin, and uh, I'm, but I don't think I'm trying to reach fifty thousand followers. You know, I want to have followers that. That know me personally, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, even though I'm in venture capital, I would say, you know, one out of 40 tweets are about venture capital, right? Darren, you, you follow me. Most of them are, are about food or family. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, um, I think for me, it's just like it's more of an outlet and and uh, I build personal connections and uh, you know I'm not trying to monetize my relationships here I just want people uh, I guess to know know me and know about me and uh, have trust in me I don't know but um, yeah no, it's about adding different revenue streams I'm 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 sure that uh, that will come in the future, but right now just focusing on, on getting one revenue stream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've definitely had chats about all that. So one thing I, as I saw you popped up, one thing that came to mind was there's plenty of people in the venture capital space and in like acquisitions and in fundraising and all that stuff here that I've seen on Twitter and people that I follow that have started newsletters and what they charge for is their deal flow or their information, their Intel, their ability to be in the room where it happens, so to speak. And so by signing up, whether it's a paid newsletter or not, like if it's a free newsletter, they'll do sponsorships and they'll monetize that way. Or they'll even say, Hey, in order to get this very exclusive deal flow that only I have access to, because like if, for those listening that don't know Luke and his, uh, Gundy Gunderson brothers are kind of the people here in Utah, who are in every room and who know all the players and who are in, connected to all the businesses that are, you know, growing quickly and are raising money and doing like seed rounds and Series A's and all that stuff. So it's a you know I I have enjoyed the personal connections here on Twitter especially, but also the the in person connections of going to lunches together and talking about that space because it's not a place I live in very often, but. You know, it's, it seems pretty uh, straightforward to me that whether it's you personally writing it or one of your brothers, or you guys hire somebody or find someone who's interested in writing about the financial space, it'd be really easy to start, you know, a. Uh, so you could monetize that any way you want. People could want, you know, people could advertise in it, uh, or it could be a paid newsletter even that point, it's probably a high ticket newsletter. It's a $50 or a hundred dollar a month type thing. And maybe you only end up with a couple hundred or a thousand subscribers because it's a smaller market. Utah's, you know, doesn't have billions of people here as a few million people and even less than that in the space, but that's a revenue stream that could be spun up pretty quickly with a pretty low overhead and a pretty low, a small lift. And provide even more value to the people that you're you know, interacting with on a daily basis. And since you're already making these personal connections, then you throw that in your Twitter bio and you say, Hey, check out my newsletter for investors here. And you'll pull in one out of every hundred visitors or new followers and add to your newsletter.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, starting a newsletter is definitely on my short list of things to do. It's amazing. It probably won't. It probably won't be paid. Um, uh, I think there's, there is a lot of investors and stuff who who monetize through a newsletter or like pay and will help you refine your pitch and stuff like that. For for us, um, we want to pro- provide as much value and give it away for free. Mm-hmm. Um because in the you know it's kind of really a long game, and uh, you know the more value you, you provide and the more community you can build, the the more often you're in those rooms, right, and uh, able to do the deals that you want to do, and um, that's that's kind of the approach that we're taking. I think that uh, eventually, um, Beehive will monetize through. Uh, an event
3: mm-hmm.
2: um but that's yeah
0: that's awesome that you guys are and, thinking about it though
2: and i don't i don't know if if that's just like we'll do that to cover costs because it's going to be <laughs> or or if it's something we want to like actually make money on yeah. but i guess That'd that will be fun one. to see how it plays out yeah um, we'll so see i know
0: I know, and thank you, Luke. I appreciate you coming on and and chatting with us for a minute. So I know, Justin, you got a hard out in about five minutes or so. Um, let's uh, give you a final plug to all the things you're working on. You've got a newsletter. You've got a cohort course. Tell us about all the things where people can, you know, find out more about all the stuff you're working on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks for sharing, Luke. That was, that was fascinating. Um, Yeah. So uh, yeah, if, you know, I, like I was talking about, like plugging the newsletter, that, that, that's really the thing I, the, the thread in the nest here is all about the importance of just like talking about your thing over and over and over. Cause most people have never either, either never heard of you or met you or have not seen your last 20 posts. So um, I always say, you know, like if you are looking to get uh, more paid sponsorship opportunities. I have a free weekly newsletter that I send out every Thursday. Uh, and you just go to creator slash join. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of the best place to stay updated on everything that's going on, um, in my orbit. And actually I had one more thing I wanted to, to mention Luke, um, to, to in response to your, uh, your thoughts here is that, um, I, in terms of, um, playing a long game in terms of like trying to build up community and, and uh, really trying to um, like provide as much value for free. That is exactly what I did for a very, very long time. I didn't, you could not pay me for the first like year of helping creators like with sponsorships and things like that. I was literally helping hundreds of creators in the DMS and, you know, email and just help helping them negotiate deals and all that stuff. And like, that was the whole Purpose was like l- 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 that as part of like building up credibility and building up subject matter expertise. Um, and so I told what you said totally resonates with me because, you know, I, w- it, you know, it's not, a b- it was never about like, oh, I want to monetize every interaction. It's more just about like, I want to illustrate the value that I can provide to people. And then at some point, I guess maybe the way in which I'm approaching this now is that the volume is so much that I just can't help everyone for free now. And so it's like, if I, if, if I uh, do that, I'll just go nuts. Like I, there was a point where I was just really low because I was feeling like I wanted to help everyone and I couldn't, and I felt like I was letting people down. Like at some point I was like, I just can't help everyone. And so it's like, if you want to, if you really do want my help, like, here's this course, here's, if you want one-on-one help, here's, here's the coaching, you know, option. And so I think it's less about like feeling the need to like monetize every interaction and more just like, I I truly want to serve people and help them. And so it's like the only way I can do that well is if I am able to like, (laughs) you know, the other thing too, is that when people Lay money down on the line. They take it a lot more seriously. Like if they invest in themselves and like, Hey, I'm going to pay this person to like help me achieve this outcome. They take it a lot more seriously too. And that, and that's the other thing that I've learned is that, you know, I, I want to work with people who really do take this seriously and see things through. So if I make a recommendation, they actually do it right. And they'll be like, this is a good idea. I'm going to go do this. Right. Versus, um, if, if I'm not charging for it or if I'm charging a very low amount, um, oftentimes they just, they are just don't see it through. And so I just kind of wanted to provide that, that perspective, because uh, I think everything you're saying is like, totally makes sense. And it's more just about like, figuring out how you can best serve people.
0: Brad, um, sounds like maybe our other friend here had something they would like to say or a question to ask. So Justin, I know you got to go when you need to go. Um, but feel free to jump off when you do need to go. But I'd love to hear you know, if you've got a question or if you've got uh, you know anything that you'd like to
3: share here? Love to hear from you. Yeah. Good afternoon. How you guys doing? Um, yeah, I was just jumping in because uh, I wanted to listen to what you guys had to say. Uh, I do follow Justin on Twitter. That's how I came about this uh, this topic, I guess. <laughs> um, nice. So I don't have a business myself. Uh, what I am is a content creator on uh, TikTok mostly, but I'm also a streamer on Twitch. And one nice. of the and one of the things I'm just trying to do really is separate myself from everybody else because I feel like there's a lot of people out there or a lot of streamers out there who are not who are approaching this niche uh, the wrong way if you will, they like just like seeing, you know, successful people who are out there doing their thing and just trying to repeat exactly what they're doing without knowing exactly what they did behind the scenes. And, uh, mm. so like every now and then I'll just go around, you know, looking for people who are in business, uh, marketing or whatever the case is, and just try to, you know, listen to what they say, read any articles that are out there and take notes and, what can I do to take what you guys are saying or anybody else for that matter and apply it to what I do in order to grow my community. And eventually I would like to turn this into a business myself.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I think I'll, dart unless Justin. If you got a one-minute answer before you, <laughs> yeah, hop
1: off. yeah, grab it. Well, thanks, thanks for for joining. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to run here, but uh, thanks for having me, Darren, and and I'll I'll uh, catch the replay.
0: Sounds awesome. Thanks so much, man. So sorry I didn't catch your name here, sir.
3: Uh, my name is my real name is James.
0: James. Well, hey, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and I hope there have been some helpful things here, but. This is like the part that I love the most is actually working one-on-one with specific creators and their businesses and their situation right now. So Mm -hmm. if you've got a few minutes, I'm happy to jump in and kind of give you my thoughts on where you're at. Um, So the big thing that I would start with is just being more vocal about the beliefs that you have in the space that you're in. That's how to differentiate yourself is with your beliefs. That's my opinion. I don't know that it's proven. I don't have like data to back it up. But I'll tell you, with like all the all of my favorite creators, you look at the people like uh, Derek Sivers, he's an author. Um, Tony Robbins is someone that I followed for more than a decade. Um, Seth Godin, Brene Brown, like a bunch of these creators and authors and speakers that I, you know, kind of aspire to be like in the sense of I want to impact lots of people like that. They all have very specific beliefs. They all have answers that you can kind of go, oh, that's a Seth Godin answer. Oh, that's a Derek Siverd's answer because you know what their beliefs are. You know how they approach their life, their business, their relationships, their content. And it's easy to identify because they constantly are talking about the things they believe to be true. And so, one way you can differentiate yourself is to just not only put out content, not only go live and be present, but actually incorporate some of your, you know, really tightly held beliefs online and share those with your audience. And what that does is two things. One, it gives people an opportunity to feel closer to you because if they hold those same beliefs or feel the same way about the creator economy or the the community online on these different platforms, then they're gonna be like, yeah, James gets it. He's like me. I'm like him. This is awesome. I want to keep following him. So it gives people an opportunity to get closer to you, to bond with you, to connect with you on that way. Even if they don't actually connect with you in person or like through a DM, they're still going to feel that affinity for you because you've shared your beliefs. And a lot of us don't do it because we're afraid of what will happen you know, what if someone disagrees with me? What if someone calls me out? What if somebody says or does something else? And we just kind of hesitate. So I would recommend or encourage you to try that out, share some of these beliefs that you have, the frustrations you have, the things that disgust you or that you think are wrong. And You know, don't do it in a way where you're calling people out or you're trying to make people look bad or put people down, but you could talk about what you think is the right way and let, other people let everybody figure out what you're you know kind of calling out is the wrong way right and the second thing that does is that it gives you a brand all of a sudden you're the person who is talking about this and justin talked about this earlier right he spent a year saying i'm the sponsorship guy i'm the guy that everybody identifies with i mean you can see it in his name on twitter it's justin more dash sponsorship coach mine is darren slash craftsman creative you know so i want people to identify with me it's harder because people don't know what craftsman creative is as easily as they can identify what a sponsorship coach is. But if you can set yourself apart as the person who is all about this belief, this approach, this style, this identity online, then all of a sudden people are going to be able to more quickly understand who you are, what you do, what the value is for kind of joining in and your world. And you'll see the growth and the influence and the opportunity to like build a whole business around that and once you start monetizing, once you start adding new revenue streams like we talked about throughout the last hour. I think that's one way you could approach the the thing
3: you're talking about here. Right. And it's funny because over the last couple of weeks, in fact about three weeks ago, I had well, let me start off by giving some background. Is uh for me, like I said, I'm a Twitch streamer. And I also uh, create content on TikTok. So I was literally for like over almost maybe a little over a year doing exactly what everyone else was doing because I thought that was the way to go because it was obviously working for them. Some people who started doing what I'm doing after, you know, months after me, seeing fast growth faster than me. And now just like, okay, what am I doing wrong? And then I started, you know, talking to them personally, get to know them personally and uh introduced myself to them as well and uh basically what I was what I saw them doing was being in some sense personal and relatable to everybody else that's watching them that's how they're able to grow more and more and then uh about a couple of weeks ago I'll say about 3 weeks ago I decided to switch up my content and my approach on how to do things cuz what I was thinking was in real life, what it is, what is it that I like to do and that I am currently doing now in real life, even in my current job, and that I can implement it into this to grow a community online, um, which for me is I like to help people. Whatever it is that they're doing, I like to problem solve, help you know, anybody who's in the same boat as me um, struggling. And a couple of weeks ago, I switched up. And on TikTok, you see a lot of streamers who do streamer tip, you know, this and that. And it's the same thing repetitively over and over again by like hundreds and hundreds of people. And I was like, OK, I, I can give out tips about what we do, but in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started looking into uh, marketing, uh, online marketing, content marketing, and uh, started taking notes and listening to people like you and uh reading tweets and watching YouTube videos and reading articles and taking notes. And I just realized, okay, the tips that nobody in my niche is giving out, I can do, which I started doing a couple of weeks ago. I started off with talking about goals, how to set goals, uh, the difference between long-term and uh, short-term goals. And then I got another video coming out later on today on TikTok. It's a short one. Um, It's going to be talking about branding because I want to not just, you know, turn this into a business, but rather like not just get my name out there, but like my brand of what I'm trying to be. And I, so far over the last couple of weeks, uh, let's just say for TikTok, I have seen a pretty good growth. I went from, I I think I, ever since I started changing my content, uh, I started seeing positive growth. I had gained about. Fifty new followers on tiktok in just the last two weeks alone which is unheard of for me as Mm -hmm. somebody who's literally a nobody
0: (laughs) i don't know about that
3: (laughs) (laughs) well so here's what's
0: here's the one other thing i would say about this is like if you just started this new strategy three weeks ago make sure that you give it enough time you know justin talked about this earlier i don't know if you were in the in the space yet but how important it is that some of these things take a year. Some of them take two years. Some of them can be just a few months, but um, my experience working with creators for, you know, half a decade now is that so many give up right before it's about to take off. You've probably seen the graphics or the infographics here on Twitter where people are like, you know, you're here and you, you're giving up just before this hockey stick curve of growth mm-hmm. because you just have to give it enough time. So stay consistent in your message and give it enough time. It might be months. It might be six months that you need to give it time before you start seeing, you know, an influx. You know, I I was talking earlier about how I'm, I'm a pretty small creator here on Twitter. You know, I've got a six figure business. I've been working professionally as a creator for over 16 years. So like my business side is fine, but you look at me on Twitter and some people might go, Oh, he's just a small creator. I shouldn't listen to him. But, you know, it took a year of consistent of uh, uh, effort to even start seeing real growth on Twitter. And then it was, you know, the last four months, I've added 50% to my following, you know? So it's really about sticking it out long enough. And, you know, I come back here six months from now and I plan to be in the 10,000 plus group because that consistency is now starting to pay off. Um, but had I given up in December, with 1400 followers has been like, well, okay, that didn't work. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> same thing here on spaces. Like I'm trying this out. I'm going to do six or eight of them to start. And I think that's enough time to see if it's, you know, worth continually, you know, doing them once a week, but I plan on giving it at least, you know, two months of time every week, showing up being consistent because I think it takes time for these things to work out. So I've got a few minutes left. Um, You know, if our other listener wants to hop on, we're kind of in the Q&A or workshops part of our um, conversation. We had Justin Moore here earlier. We were talking about how to add new revenue streams to your business. So hopefully, you know, if you you enjoy it, check out the recording. Um, The last thing I'll say before I have to kind of um, hop off is that You know, Craftsman Creative, I've got a new book coming out next month. You can read all about everything I'm working on if you go to my bio. And the the links there will take you exactly where you want to go. But just yesterday released kind of a summary of the book that's coming out. And it's a great place to start if you're like, who's this Craftsman Creative Darren guy? Uh, (laughs) You know, start there. And it's a a quick thousand-word summary of the book, which kind of gives you an overview of, like, what does the process look like to go from a five-figure creator to a six-figure creative business owner and that's really what all of my content has been about over the last little while and these spaces really are to help people um really one-on-one like we just did uh to work to think about their business think about um the way they're approaching it their mindset all those things so really appreciate you guys both um listening in um and appreciate your time i hope that we can connect further my dms are open so i'm happy to chat further and um Learn more about you and your business. So, thanks for being here. I'm gonna end now, just because I think we're you know we're about an hour, and I wanted to try to keep them to an hour. But uh, follow me, join the newsletter. You'll see the recordings there as well, and hope to see you around. Thanks, guys.